Welcome to your Friday's edition of Transformation Radio. Good morning, guys. This is Pastor Don Anderson. And uh, the devotion I want to share with you today is on the difference that one man can make. Uh, The passage of Scripture that I wanted to use is Romans 5, verse 19. Uh, Paul, the apostle, is writing here, and he says... For just as through the disobedience of the one man, the many were made sinners, so also through the obedience of him, the many will be made righteous. In the passage, the Apostle Paul is talking about the impact that one man's life can have on the rest of humanity. He starts off talking about Adam, who is the father of the human race. Adam was originally created perfect, which means that he was without sin, But when he was tempted, he fell, and his disobedience caused the curse of sin to fall on all mankind. So if you've ever felt like a miserable sinner, then you can thank your forefather Adam for this, because he's to blame. Uh, His one decision really messed things up for all of us. But thankfully, God didn't wash his hands of us after Adam and Eve fell. On the contrary, after they fell, he immediately put into action a plan that would someday allow sinful man's disobedience to be forgiven, so that anyone who desired to live eternally with the Father could do so. Uh, Basically, you could say that he implemented a plan that someday would ultimately reverse the curse that Adam brought on us all. Genesis 3.15 says, I will put hostility between you and the woman, and between your offspring and hers, He will crush your head, and you will strike his heel. This is known as the Proto-Evangelium. What that word means is proto means first, evangelium means gospel or good news. So uh, the words together means the first gospel or the first good news. Uh, This is the first time in the Bible where uh, the coming of Christ someday to reverse the curse of what Adam had done to us all is talked about. So, in this passage, God was basically saying to the serpent, who is actually Satan, that someday in the future, he was going to inflict a painful wound upon the offspring of the woman. But it wasn't going to be a mortal wound. But her offspring would actually crush his head, which is a mortal wound. Both of these events happened at the cross. Satan dealt a painful blow to Jesus by having sinful men crucify him on a cross, but it wasn't enough to keep him down forever because Jesus was God. So three days later he resurrected from the dead, which dealt a crushing blow to Satan and his kingdom. Even though Adam's disobedience caused many men to be made sinners, Jesus' obedience will now be able to make many men righteous. In every area that Adam failed, Jesus passed the test. So now we can be eternally thankful for the obedience of Christ because he has given us the ability to overcome Satan and the world. I just want you to think with me for a minute about the impact that these two men had. It only took one man's actions to cause sin to come upon all humanity. But it also only took one man's actions to cause God's righteousness and forgiveness to come upon whosoever would be willing to receive it. 
Let me bring this home even further for us. Let's think about uh, Pastor Tom Thompson. He's the founder of The Refuge. Uh, let's just say that he would have decided that he didn't want to follow God's plan for his life by starting The Refuge. Uh, can you imagine the implications of that if he would have made that decision? Uh, really, none of us would be here today if he would have said, you know what, God, I don't want to do that. Uh, I wouldn't even be here today because if it wouldn't have been for the refuge, um, I don't know where I'd be today. So can you see just really how much of an impact that just one guy can have if they will, if they will totally sell out and follow God wholeheartedly? Have you ever thought about the impact that you could make if you totally surrendered your life to Christ. Much of the time, we, th we think that really we can't contribute anything significant to our world, world or to those around us. But the Bible teaches that if we will follow God with all our hearts, our lives can be a light to help many find their way to Christ. We also need to be aware of how much of a negative influence that we can be if we choose not to do what we know is right. If we choose to do what we know is not right, we're not only going to mess ourselves up, but we're going to also mess up everyone around us to at least some degree, and we're going to, to set in motion a chain reaction of wickedness uh, that's going to move from generation to generation. So my prayer for all of you today is that you're going to choose to be the man that lives an obedient life just like our Lord and who makes a positive difference so that future generations can point back to you someday and say, man, my great-great-great-grandpa was a world changer for Christ, and that's why I'm a Christian today. So I hope you guys were encouraged through this today or challenged, and I hope you all have a wonderful and blessed day. Functify! About to do it like this, about to do it like this, y'all.
crashing in, never gonna be the same again Yeah, you came crashing in, you wrecked me, you wrecked me Love came crashing in, never gonna be the same again Yeah, you came crashing in, you wrecked me, that's how I know That's how I know Pastor Robert, he's in Vegas right now, so just want to just play it. You're not in Vegas. Y'all concerned. What happened? I am excited about being here. The thing with people watching on TV, y'all, I want to say what's up to all the other campuses, too. I'm, I'm there with you. I am. See, I'm going to wave at you. The thing that's so cool about Pastor Robert, you guys know this, but the people watching on the internet stuff, like, this dude does not pass the plate at church. I know some new people here right now will be like, for real? <laughs> like the play, like they don't pack, you just give on your way out. That is awesome. Pastor, that's just how Pastor Robert rolled, you know? Shoot, man, but, but I'm different. I brought my own ushers in. If y'all could come out. <laughs> y'all could, y'all could. Oh, security must have got him already. I don't know <laughs> what happened. I love Pastor Roberts. We, we hang out sometime, and he'll, um, I remember him telling me about the Holy Spirit. I already knew about the Holy Spirit. I was filled, but he was telling me what it means when you're filled with the Holy Spirit and how it makes your life more fuller. But I didn't know to what degree he was talking about until I was at his house, and I saw a picture of him before he was as full. Actually, I think we got the picture right here. So, it looked like he walking on two cigarettes right there. I don't know what his leg is about. <laughs> he don't know I got that picture. I ain't coming back no more. He ain't gonna have me back. <laughs> so he's a good dude. I really, uh, 
love hanging out with Pastor Robert. I just love going to church and just being my family. I love being around family. A lot of people get on stage and in front of a lot of people, they don't like to show photos of their family because they want to be secret and they don't want to, you know, I'm cool with that. I'm actually, I got a picture of my family right here if you want. Um, so, yeah, so that's us, man. Just, you can take it down now for people taking pictures of it. <laughs> that was comedy. I was just playing. That's not really them. Some people are like, wow, the little boy looks just like him. So it's fun. I joke. There's a, uh, there's, I found, I like taking pictures. I found a sign that actually is probably the, well, let me say this first. I want to be clear. I'm like, I talk about different nationalities, but I'm not racist. So I want to be really clear about that. You know, uh, some of my best friends are black, you know? So, actually, like half my friends are black, really. Well, I got one friend, um, but he half black, so. That's kind of how that works out, man. So I know how Pastor Robert normally do it. I got two scriptures. I got two scriptures. Um, I want you to turn to two scriptures. Nobody bring their Bible? They're like, this is Michael Jr. I ain't bringing no Bible. No, I, got, I do. I got two scriptures. We got Proverbs uh, 3, 5. I'm trying to remember it. It's trust in the Lord. You got it on the screen. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. And then we got Romans uh, 12, 2. Be not conformed to the ways of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Um, those are two scriptures for today. They might not have anything to do with what I'm talking about today, but <laughs> if you want to read them later on, that's cool, man. It's just... Some of y'all know my story. As a kid, it was rough going to church because church was a crazy place. It didn't make any sense to me. I was like, what is this? I was seven years old. My grandmother would force me to go to this church, and this dude was up on stage, and he talking about, like, I don't know what he talking about because he mad at everybody. <laughs> and I couldn't figure out. I figured out why he was mad. I finally figured out. He was mad because he had some phlegm caught in his throat because at the end of every sentence, he'd try to get it out. He'd be like, the Lord said, <laughs> Act like you I'm like, Grandma, what's wrong with him? <laughs> Nobody was teaching. One time I go to church, it's a dead body in the front. Nobody explains to a seven-year-old Michael Jr. It's a funeral. It's not church. I'm thinking, yo, that's how they roll. <laughs> like every third Sunday or so, they bring a dead body in as an example. <laughs> Dude on stage, yell at everybody like, we did it. Remember asking my grandmother, Grandma, what happened to the man in the box? Grandma, her whole explanation was, he in a better place. I'm like, what kind of box did he live in before? <laughs> Dude on stage, all I understood from him was he went to see the king. That's <laughs> all I got. He went to see the king. <laughs> They called a kids choir to sing. I was in the kids choir. Not because I could sing. I was in the kids choir because I was a kid. <laughs> and what song we got to sing? Soon and very soon we are going to see the king. I don't want to see the king. That's what happened to the man in the box. So my childhood at church was miserable. I turned 14 years old. My grandmother did something different. Instead of forcing me to go to church, she asked me if I wanted to go. I was like, let me think this over for a nope. 
going to no church. That stuff was miserable. My shoes didn't fit. They were too tight. They were, they were like three sizes too small. And then she got this thing called a shoehorn. What is that for? That stuff should be illegal. And my feet just sitting in there, my toes all balled up all night, just in church last six hours. So I said, I ain't going to church. No, nah, Grandma, I'm not going to go to church. Then I turned 15 years old. This was hot. When I turned 15 years old, me and a friend made a pact that we wouldn't curse anymore. Let's be real. You don't know nothing about God. You're 14, 15 years old. As soon as you leave the house, that's what you do. You're like, bye, Mommy. I love you. Bye. But beep, 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 beep. That's what you do. Me and a friend made a pact we're not going to curse anymore. If he heard me curse, he could hit me in the chest hard as he wanted to. And then vice versa. Dude could hit hard. I stopped cursing immediately. <laughs> I just didn't. We were just like, yo, we're just not going to do it. And we'd have some fun as 14-year-olds. We'd do things like any other. We would talk about each other. They'd be like, Michael Jr., you got some big feet. I'd be like, oh, yeah, well, you so dark-skinned. I bet if you ride a motorcycle, you get a ticket for tenant windows. Right? We'd just... <laughs> White people don't know if they can laugh at that joke and I like, I don't know if I can. No, I can't. I'm sorry. Still funny. So we were still kids, but we just decided, not, just, me and my friend, we just decided we're not going to curse. Then we're going to fast forward, right? So, so all through high school, let me say this, all through middle school, it was really, really, really hard for me to read. I'm going to share this. I, have, I don't share this a lot, but it was really hard for me to read. Let me say it like this. I couldn't read. Like, for real, like, grade school, middle school, if I saw a word and I didn't know what it was, I had to figure it out. And what I did was I came up with seven different ways to look at one word to determine what the word was. I didn't even know I was doing it. It was just happening. So if I saw a big word, like, like the word excite over the doors, if I saw that word, um, <laughs> it's comedy. Calm down. I can read now. But if I saw a word and I didn't know what it was, I would have to figure out what the word was. So I came up with seven different ways to figure out. I would look at the font size, the color, the positioning of the word, how people responded to it. I came up with seven different ways to determine what the word was. And then I got really fast at it. In high school, I was better at reading, but then I got so good at it, it got to the point where I was able to look at a situation, the same situation you look at, and you're like, yo, that's what it is. I look at it, and I see seven different possibilities almost immediately. So let's review. What the devil really meant for bad in the form of low self-esteem as a child who couldn't read. God has flipped and turned to good because that's the primary place where I pull my comedy from. <laughs> like, you may see things one way. I'm like, yo, I see seven different. Like, when I read the Bible, I saw that Jesus had a little brother. I was like, man, that probably was a lot of pressure. <laughs> His name was James. You know, everybody's like, man. James, why come you can't be one like Jesus? <laughs> they never made a what would James do bracelet, did they? They never made that. They never made it. <laughs> Are you explaining that joke right now, sir? Are you explaining that joke? <laughs> so now I have this ability to look at things seven different ways, and, uh, and I do it a lot. Like a lot, I'll see stuff, and it'll just, I'll get these random thoughts. Like I'll see it, and I'll be like, yo, this is another thought, and I'll write the thoughts down. And in fact, today what I've decided to do, so I'm going to share these thoughts with you, but I'm not just going to share them in a regular way. I'm going to, I'm going to introduce you to, to you another talent that you guys probably weren't even aware that I had. <laughs> All right. So this is called Random Thoughts with Michael Jr. These are just my random thoughts, and I'm going to share them with you as I, 
as I play. These are random thoughts with Michael Jr. Now, some of these thoughts you're going to get, some of them you may not get, okay? But if you don't get, listen, if you don't get one thought, just move on, okay? Because you might miss the next thought, okay? Why are stay-at-home moms always gone? If a baby comes out with an afro, is that considered natural childbirth? If a woman gets pregnant in Vegas, does the baby have to stay there? Is the word tofu short for tried to fool you? Should Dave Ramsey's website take credit cards? Where does non-local anesthesia come from? Take your time. I met a woman who had one callus on her foot. Does that make her a unicorn? Eight out of 10 people don't want to be statistics. But now they are. I've noticed that no one seems to care about the outer city youth. Take your time. I think sometimes people take marble for granted. Why are there no mirrors in the self-checkout? When it comes to sharks, what's so great about the white ones? Hmm, a small percentage like that joke. And finally, if God clapped his hands, wouldn't that make a big bang? It's just a theory. Thank you.
August 28, a reading from the New Testament, 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 12 and 17. When I, Paul, came to the city of Tros to preach the good news of Christ, the Lord opened a door of opportunity for me. But I had no peace of mind because my dear brother Titus hadn't yet arrived with a report from you. So I said goodbye and went on to Macedonia to find him. But thank God, he has made us his captives and continues to lead us along in Christ's triumphal procession. Now he uses us to spread the knowledge of Christ everywhere like a sweet perfume. Our lives are a Christ-like fragrance rising up to God. But this fragrance is perceived differently by those who are being saved and by those who are perishing. To those who are perishing, we are a dreadful smell of death and doom. But to those who are being saved, we are a life-giving perfume. And who is adequate for such a task as this? You see, we are not like the many huskers who preach for personal profit. We preach the word of God with sincerity and with Christ's authority, knowing that God is watching us. Psalms chapter 42 verses 1 through 11 As the deer longs for streams of water, so I long for you, O God. I thirst for God, the living God. Where can I go and stand before him? Day and night I have only tears for food, while my enemies continually taunt me, saying, Where is this God of yours? My heart is breaking as I remember how it used to be. I walked among the crowds of worshippers, leading a great procession to the house of God, singing for joy and giving thanks amid the sound of a great celebration. Why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? I will put my hope in God. I will praise Him again, my Savior and my God. Now I am deeply discouraged, but I will remember you, even from the distant Mount Hermon, the source of the Jordan, from the land of Mount Mazar. I hear the tumult of the raging seas as your waves and surging tides sweep over me. But each day the Lord pours out his unfailing love upon me, and through each night I sing his songs, praying to God who gives me life. O oh God, my rock, I cry. Why have you forgotten me? Why must I wander around in grief oppressed by my enemies? Their taunts break my bones. They scoff. Where is this God of yours? Why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? I will put my hope in God. I will praise Him again, my Savior and my God. Proverbs chapter 22, verse 7. Just as the rich rule the poor, so the borrower is servant to the lender. Speak 
Thank you for listening to Transformation Radio.